Today, we're going to be celebrating Easter, right? Today, we're going to be eating lots of food, copious amounts of food, and celebrating and looking for eggs under bushes, and nothing says Happy Christmas or Happy Merry Easter and all that type of stuff like chocolate. That seems to be the best way that we can celebrate. When I was growing up, I grew up in a, in a country that's a far, far away place called Narnia. Apparently, I have an accent. I have an accent. I'm trying to figure out where that accent is from, but my parents did tell me I grew up in Scotland. And uh, I, 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 Scotland is a, is, a, is a wonderful place, right? And I grew up in a place that is actually not far from a Mecca of the world, and that place is called St. Andrews. And there seems to be rabid Americans that love to make a trip all the way over to St. Andrews because they have a passion for hitting small balls with long, crooked sticks. Is anyone into that? I think they call it golf. Is anyone into golf? You are into golf. You're insane. That's all I can say. Did you know that the history of golf came from shepherds? Obviously, it was invented in Scotland, and it came from, I'm pretty sure, drunk shepherds, right, who had crooks with their sheep, and they would just hit the sheep poo. So basically, basically, you're playing a game of putting sheep poo. And you all pay so much money for it. I really wasn't into golf, right? I really, I, I never even played there. I've never played golf there. And I grew up in the land of, uh, of golf. But there was one place I really loved. There's a place called St. Andrews, and that's where golf was really birthed. And in St. Andrews, it was named St. Andrews because they believed that they had taken some of the relics of St. Andrew, who was one of the disciples of Jesus, and they brought some of his bones, some of his relics, and brought them to St. Andrew's. In fact, St. Andrew's became a very much a, 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 a mecca for religious fervor, and people used to travel all across Europe to come to St. Andrew's to worship there. And what they decided to do was they decided to build a building. Now, a building is, uh, is, is, was a small little church. And then one day they decided, well, let's build the biggest building we can. So in 1158, they built this building here. This is this big building. And now this is, it's not the way it used to look, of course. And of course, they put graves in there now. But this is, in 1158, they built this really cool building. But the interesting thing was, this building took 150 years to build. It's amazing when we say, when was that building built? Oh, it was built in 1158. No, it began in 1158, right? And you imagine if you had to build a building, like we're about to build, congratulations, Northwest, you've actually bought 15 acres of property up off of 429, and we're in the process of building a new building, right? That's pretty cool, right? But can you imagine if you were told it's gonna to take you 150 years, you would fire me. Get that guy out of here. We're not waiting 150 years. Okay, so you have to start building for it and you have to start paying for it and then your children will do it and then your grandchildren and then your great-grandchildren and it'll just keep going on. Talk about commitment to building this edifice to the glory of God and it took them 150 years. I'm pretty sure it won't take 150 years for us to be able to do that. But in 1272, a storm came along and blew it down, right? <laughs> It's like half of it was blown down. You're like, can you imagine? You just finished building this thing. A few years later, a storm comes along, Hurricane Irma, and you're like, come on! Really? You imagine the depression it must have felt like. I just finished building this thing and chiseling this thing to death, and now it gets blown down. Well, it took them another 46 years, and they said, well, let's build this thing. Let's, let's put it back together. So 46 years later, they got it put, it put back together. And then 100 years later, it fire burned it down again. And you could imagine they're like, again, maybe we should take up 
knocking that poop stuff around or something like that, just to get over that. I don't know what this is. In 1378, and then it took them 46 years or so, it was whatever I got, 62 years, it took them to actually rebuild it again. And then something else came along called the Reformation, and they ransacked the place, and they burned the inside, and they just knocked parts of it down again. Now, what's the Reformation? The Reformation was started by a guy called Martin Luther, right? Not Martin Luther King. He's a completely different story. But Martin Luther came along, and he said, you know what? I don't want to have to pay the priests in order to get my sins forgiven. I believe I can just go straight to Christ and ask for forgiveness because Scripture tells me by faith alone in Christ am I saved. So he's like, I ain't doing this anymore. And all the other peasants went, that's right, we're not doing it either. And so they went, let's burn the churches down. And everyone's going, no, no, no. Yes, they burned this church down. They took hundreds of years to build and like burn it down. But it only took two more years for them to decide to abandon it. They decided it's a ruin. We're no longer going to build this up again. Now, I can kind of sympathize with them, right? It's like you've been burned down, blown down, knocked down. You're just, everything's just going to pot, right? Whatever you call it, right? Everything's just falling apart. Maybe we should just give up on this because how many times are you going to keep building the same thing? Now, the word ruin basically means this. It means something in a state of decay or disintegration. Something that is in a state or decay of disintegration. It basically means it's gone away from its original design. In the beginning, when God made Adam and Eve, when he made humankind, he made us in his image. And since then, because we've decided not to go according to God's design, we've decided to do things our own way. And so therefore, we are on the path of decay. But just because we're on the path of decay, just because we're on the path of being ruined or disintegrated, it doesn't mean that the design has disappeared. You see, the fact is, in the beginning, God made everything wonderful because he made you on purpose for a purpose. You have a design and a calling that God has built inside of you. But we know this, there's a little thing in the scripture that says that sin has come upon us. What's that sin? It's basically saying, sorry God, don't need your way, gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna do the stuff that I wanna do, even though I know you've told me not to do it, even though I have a moral law inside of me that says that I shouldn't do it. We know this, that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell us that we are living on the effects of that sin. In Romans chapter six, verses 23, it said, for the wages of sin is death. It means ruin. It means to lose your design. It means to go into a disintegration. It means to not live up to what God has called you to do. Now get this, the cathedral's design still existed. Someone had designed it. The design was still there. It just wasn't living up to its design. Its form had been ruined. But here's two pieces of good news, I believe, that anyone who decides to believe in Jesus Christ, there's two good pieces of news that we know of. And the first one is this, that Jesus decided to pay the debt of our ruin. God sent his son Jesus to pay the debt of that ruin. What does it mean? In Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, right? The wages of sin is death, that is ruin, but the gift of God is eternal life. It basically means this, if you've decided to do things your own way, then it's on you. Hell is just you deciding to pay your own bill for your own actions, right? If you, if you decide to have a car and you don't decide to put gasoline in it, but you decide to put water in it, even though you're going against the designer that said this only works on gasoline, if you put water into the gas tank and it falls apart, who's that on? 
It's on me if I decide to put water in the tank. But Jesus is the one who came along and said, you know what? I want to have my design back. I want to have my creation back. I want them back. I will pay the price of fixing for the car. I will pay the wages of ruin in this car. You follow me so far? But here's the second part of the good news that Jesus has brought to us. And it's this, that Jesus wasn't satisfied with just paying a debt. He wanted you back. Just as the great prophets, the Jackson 5 said, I want you back. John 10, 10 says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the, what does the word say? Doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I've come to give, come to you, may have life and have it to the? Come on, I'm preaching 62% better than you're shouting back to me. I've come to give, they may have life to the? Full. That's what's meant to be coming from our bellies. We're meant to have this fullness within us. Now I get it. I, I get it that sometimes that fullness gets stolen away from us. The problem with many believers and many Christians is that we're satisfied in just believing in Christ, but we don't know the fullness of Christ. Now you could say to me, well, listen, I've been burned down, knocked down, blown down so many times like that stupid cathedral that I just don't wanna get up again. I don't wanna get into this again. Leave me alone to my ruin. Just let me be an image, a cathedral of former glory. Let me go, let me be, let me not get into this anymore. Don't get me stirred up once again. Maybe it's because you've had a ruined marriage. Maybe you have lost your calling. Maybe you had a passion once before. Maybe your body has broken apart. Maybe you're like my, my brother, Scott, that just lost his wife recently. And he's trying to figure out what is my next steps? I've got ruin in my life. What should I do now? I can't take any more when I'm being blown down. I'm being pushed away. But here's something that I discovered in scriptures. There was a man called Paul who had been ruined over and over again, had been knocked down over and over again to the point where he was beaten and shipwrecked and he was bitten by snakes and he was rejected over and over again and then he was imprisoned. He was imprisoned in Rome and he decides to write a letter of encouragement to his friends in Philippi and he said this, I still want to know Christ. I don't wanna give up on knowing Christ. I still want to know Him. But he wasn't satisfied with just saying, I want to know Him, he said. And yes, to know the power of His resurrection. That sounds all wonderful and good. It sounds absolutely marvellous. I just wanna know the power of His resurrection, but what good is talking about it if we can't have it come alive inside of us? If it can't come to power, if it can't bring us alive once again inside of us, all the former things that you've gone through, all the things that have knocked you down and beaten you down, if you don't have that power in your life, but how much more can I take? Listen, it took them 150 years to build that cathedral. Can you not be committed to 150 years? You don't even have 150 years to be alive on this earth. Surely you can keep deciding to get back up again and come alive once again. When I was a teenager, I remember being in church and there was an old man that was speaking uh, uh, um, from a stage and he told a story that always stuck with me and I'm like, I want that right there. And it was a story of an old lady who had become uh, aged and she had, become, uh, she had lost the power of her, of her body. She wasn't able to travel and move as much as she could. She's very much like my mother now. Uh, I, my mother will never be able to come over to America again. Her body just will not be able to cope with, with being able to travel. She's really become much aged and many of us are going through that decay in our body, right? That's just the way it goes. 
And this old lady had lost her husband. She, her family had left and, and she was pretty much living her own life now. And she didn't really have much to live for anymore. And she cried out to God. She said, God, if this is it, then just take me now. But if you need me to do something, give me a purpose, give me something. I'm not able to do anything in life anymore. And then she saw over in the corner, there was a phone book. And when she looked at that phone book, she knew that God told her, I've already given you a list of people that you can love. And she took that phone book and she went through it person by person. Phone book, talk about the old days, right? She went through it person by person and she'd call each and every one of them up. And she'd call them up and say, hey, my name is Mrs. Brown. You don't know me, but I know that God knows you. And I'm calling up to ask you, do you have anything that you would like me to pray for? What are you going through in your life that I could pray for you and take it to my father because I know that he loves you, he wants you, and he cares about everything in your life. Do you know the day that that lady died, most of the city came out to celebrate her passing. I want to have a phone book in my life. I want to have the eyes to see the phone books in my life. It's worth getting up again. It's worth getting up again. Even though you've been burned down, knocked down, pushed down. Let me tell you, Christ said to his, to his disciples, he said, may the ruins be rebuilt and he was quoting a prophet from the Old Testament. He said, may the ruins be rebuilt. He was prophesying of what was to come. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's also talking about me. I've asked the dance team, Northwest Dance Studio, to, to try and perform an interpretation of this word of come alive again. You're going to see the first performance and it basically just demonstrates and shows a people who do not want to really know Christ anymore. They've decided we're okay with just knowing you, but we don't really want to have to go through coming alive again. But in the last performance, they're going to see that the only revelation of being free is when you find it through the cross of Christ. Will you welcome to the stage Northwest Dance Studio for me. I don't know how we got to where we are So far removed I don't know where to start Cause I've been away for far too long But I implore you please hold on I beg you please hold on Love don't come easy to us and it's killing me to hang on and hope it's enough So I was just wondering Could you tell me is it all a waste of time? Are you leaving my love behind? Baby say the word and let me know You gotta give me something I swear that I would try to teach your man If you're leaving my love behind To wait up and talk for hours on it, and 
It's gonna be thinking the lady songs you sing. Cause I've been feeling you leaving cracks and conversations way too long. I'm barely holding on. Love don't come easy to us, and it's killing me too. I got an hope it's enough. So I was just wondering, could you tell me is it all a waste of time? Are you leaving my love behind?
Let's all stand this morning. If you've forgotten about Jesus, I want to encourage you to meet Jesus once again. Eli's just a representation of him, but sometimes we need to see it to believe it. If you've not met him in a long time or you've forgotten about him, I want to encourage you to ask, to reach out, ask him to show himself and to reach out to him because he wants to show himself. I believe that Jesus is real. It's changed my life and many of your lives too. Let's pray this morning. Father, we want to come alive again. We're not just satisfied with just knowing about Jesus. We want to now receive the power of his resurrection that will make us come alive again. We don't want just to be people that work from day to day, making money to pay our bills. We want to find our purpose in life. We want to know what it is that you want me to do that will not just change me from the inside to the outside, but will change other people's lives too. We ask for the resurrection power to fill us up from the bottom of our feet to the top of our toes in your precious son's name. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Let's give a huge cheer to our risen Christ. See you next week.